Alright, three, two, one. How's it going, everybody? And welcome back to the Nerd Stuff with Ian 2.0 podcast. As always, I'm your host, Ian. And today's episode, I figured since you guys probably noticed I didn't put out an independent book last week, I figured I will give you guys an independent book that I've been following since it came out in 2012. And it was ID or it is IDW's Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Now, originally, Mirage had the rights to Teenage Mutant Turtles. Now, I'm talking about the comics, not the movies. So, in case people are wondering, like, the movie, like, the first two of the original movies are still the best. We don't talk about the third. CGI movie was okay. And uh, the last two, the Michael Bay Ninja Turtles, we don't talk about those either. So, uh, yeah, we're, we're going to take care of those real quick so most people i'm sure know it from intros from the multiple cartoons that's been done whether it's the original 80s the the 80 i think 88 to like 96 something like that then the 2003 then all the spinoffs of that series then nickelodeon's take on it and then nickelodeon's rise of the ninja turtles So, as you can tell, Ninja Turtles, ever since its creation in, what, 84 by Kevin Eastman and Peter Laird, has been pretty consistent when it comes down to really being just a series for people to more or less just really for what people thought more for kids, which it worked out well for them in regards to that. But, sorry, dogs barking in the background, so if you do hear it, I do apologize. Or if you do hear Ninja, I apologize for that one. So, and what was I talking about? I was saying that, you know, more or less, like, the origin of it is Kevin Eastman and Peter Laird, you know, they they were just parroting Daredevil. You know, they thought, what would be ridiculously funny, and they start coming up with, you know, all sorts of ridiculous stuff, like four Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles... Led by by a sensei rat named Splinter. And they have an evil enemy named Shredder. And they released it. And it took off. And then they got cartoons. Everything just kind of just. In all intents and purposes. It fell well together for them. And that was kind of the start of the cartoon. And then. Or the comic book. And then the cartoon of course. You know just took off. In regards to just. The life of its own. So wasn't until about 20, I believe it was 2011, is when IDW gained the rights to Ninja Turtles. Because originally, like I said, they were with Mirage Studios. So IDW started taking up stories. And the first thing they did was they got Kevin Eastman, who's one half of the original creators of Ninja Turtles. And Tom Waltz, who's one of, probably one of the best writers for IDW. And IDW, as most, I guess if I haven't explained it before... If you're an 80s child, I on IDW's where you want to be at. Like if you love freaking Transformers, IDW writes the books for that. You love GI Joe, IDW writes the books for that. You love Judge Dredd, IDW writes the books for that. You know they do a lot, even Ghostbusters. And Ninja Turtles was the last one to really be added on there, and they just did an excellent job with the story. And the story starts off, actually, 
in a lot of ways, honoring the original concept of the turtles. So when you first see them, you have one of the turtles by himself. Now, I won't... I'll tell you who it is, which was Raphael, but at the first point, you didn't know which turtle it was because when it happened, you knew that there was one turtle separated from the other. Then it goes back in, and you see all the turtles in all red masks. So you have Leonardo, Donatello, and Michelangelo, all referencing the original you know, colors they would have had. Because the different color headbands, or I guess however you want face bands, wherever the mask you want to call them. Essentially, they weren't changed. They were all red until cartoon companies were like, hey, we need to like sell toys. We don't want everybody you know, looking the same. The only difference is the weapons. So, of course, they went in and accepted that, and they're like, hey, let's just do it. And then, since then, it just stayed. And I like that little Easter egg. For people who also kind of are curious... If you ever played the original NES Teenage Mutant Turtles or Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles on the NES or Nintendo, whichever one you want to go call it at this point, if you remember that cover where you had all four turtles but they all had the red headbands, that is what he referenced because that was his original vision. Now, I'm not talking about Teenage Mutant Turtles, the arcade game, which in my opinion is a superior game, but, I'm talking, but the original. So... All four of them, all red headbands. So the first arc really deals with the turtles trying to become whole. You have Splinter, Leonardo, Donatello, and Michelangelo, who've been looking for Raphael for a while. You know, Raphael's their family. They've been wanting to, you know, get back their whole entire family. They've been missing him. They have a new enemy called Old Hob. And you're seeing a different set for the universe. And I like the fact that the first story arc, it brings you back to the whole family concept, which is what Ninja Trolls, in all intents and purposes, is really stuck to as its bread and butter, is the family concept. If you have brothers or siblings, or even if you have, you know, best friends you treat like brothers or sisters, then you understand the camaraderie, the understanding of, like, a tight-knit family. And when one person's missing, you know, it's still fun. But you know when that one person's missing, it doesn't feel completely whole. And that's what the first arc of, really the first volume of the Ninja Turtles 2011 series was. It was them looking for Raph, which, of course, you know they finally, of course, you know they do. And it goes on from there. And that was something I really appreciate. I liked that it honored the original source material. With that, it also honored the 90s movie, which pushed that reference of family. And really, you can argue that that... I mean, I could probably make a podcast just directly based off that movie and dissect some stuff on it if I really wanted to, but I'm not... It's too much work, and I actually not even that much work. I just don't think anybody would want to listen to that. And I feel like it would drive them crazy. So I'll, I'll push that onto my fiance. I figured... She she hears half of my like podcast ideas and she just kind of just lets them go in there. Some she finds really amazing, like Miles Morales. The other one, she's like, eh, J. Joe Jameson is Spider-Man. It can go. But she's not really that caring for it. So, 
with all those themes played into the first volume, you get the set of what's going on. Now, I won't spoil what happens next regards to, but of course, you know, Shredder's going to return. You know, you're going to have classic villains like Bebop and Rocksteady from the original cartoon come in. You're going to see, you know, the Triceratons. You're going to see the Utrams. You're going to see all the classic Teenage Mutant Turtles, you know, characters being done again. And Kevin Eastman and Tom Waltz, they were the big guys behind it. Like, I don't think it was until recently that Kevin Eastman and Tom Waltz haven't been writing the book. And even then, I still feel as though the book stayed consistent. So, with that being said, if you are curious about getting into the series, I mean, it's 106 issues in. But in my opinion, you can catch up pretty easily. I give them props for this one thing. IDW has been releasing their hardbound, hardcover Teenage Mutant Turtles books for a while. They're up on volume 10. And I have up to volume 10 of the hardcovers. Because I have the original, I think like the first 40 issues of the original series. The original 2011. And I dropped off because I moved away from my local comic book shop. And I was like... Like I talked about earlier in my Animal podcast, I didn't know if I wanted to continue reading comics or not. Great story, but unfortunately, once you move away from your main, you know, you're not going up to comic book shops. You're really trying to figure out where you want to go. Unfortunately, you you miss an issue, you miss an issue there. You know, you kind of just stop, you drop off on the comic books. So I ended up picking back up and I reread it. And the series was just as amazing as it ever had been. So, in regards to the hardcovers, I would definitely say if that's what you're really looking for, they're probably the best versions of it. I mean, you can get them at some decent prices. And, I mean, you can run through the volumes pretty quickly. I mean, they they truly have, at least to me, stayed extremely consistent with the stories they've told, how they want to go about it, and overall... The story they've been trying to tell. And I actually like the elements they've involved. Like, I'm surprised that... Now, I'm going to reference the Michael Bay movies. Why they didn't pull from this. Because I feel like people wouldn't have been mad. I feel like, to be honest, people probably would have actually been... In certain aspects, probably would have been happier. The fact that... You know, the stories have been redone. And they bring in more better themes. I think that would have probably helped out the movie. But, end of the day, you know, it ha- that movie ha- the both movies happened. And yeah, I did see both in theaters. Ugh. Ah, that's a... Mm. That just... When I think about that, that's just painful enough. So... Honestly, it's probably been... One of my favorite independent titles, and it's kind of weird putting it that way, when you think of the success that Ninja Turtles has really had. Now, to kind of give you guys extra stories, in case you're like, hey, I don't know if I want to read the IDW because it's 106 issues in, I might want to re- you might want to read something else. There is the Batman vs. Ninja Turtles, and they've done a movie. Now, they have a couple volumes of that, and that is definitely worth checking out. And... Definitely, you know, James Tiny in the fourth, he, he knocks out the park. You know, he understands both char- or both sets of characters really well. 
Then you, like I talked about before, the Mighty Morphin Power Rangers versus Ninja Turtles. Just a classic throwback. Those are two great, like, if you're looking just for standalone concepts. Just standalone, like, hey, I'm not looking for a whole redoing of issues and so on and so forth. Then go for that. If you're looking for, like, hey, I don't want to read the new stuff. I want to read what, like, the original Kevin Eastman and Peter Laird books were like. Like, how were that? You can actually get the, I believe it's the hardcover volumes of the original series. And they'll go through each of them. And it goes over all the stories they ever wrote, everything like that. And does a great job. There's plenty of other ones I'm not even throwing out there. The other one that I know of that's been out there, they did, uh, IDW did do an event called Infestation. And that involved the Transformers, Ghostbusters, G.I. Joe, and the Ninja Turtles. And they were dealing with this kind of, I guess, alien invasion-esque kind of thing. I can't remember it fully, but they've, they've had a couple different concepts come out of IDW in regards to like aliens and so on and so forth. And that's not too bad. Definitely wasn't really one that you really had to read a lot into. You could kind of just pick it up a little bit and you could kind of figure out what's going on. Uh, the Ghostbusters one... Have not read that. I'm going to read that at some point. But if you love Ghostbusters and Ninja Turtles, why not give it a shot at this point? It is definitely one that looks the most interesting since they're two very much, you know, four-person odd groups that I guess can kind of be parodied together in a weird way. So I'd be kind of curious to see how that would play out. And I'm trying to think if there's any other things. Oh, well, I'll throw it out there. For anybody else who's curious, if for a reason you don't even want to read the books, I might just suggest the Four Kids Ninja Turtles, the 2003 cartoon. That honestly gives you the tone of the original 90s movie with the stories that came from the comic books. And they... You know, perfectly encapsulated it, and they did a great job. Now, you don't need to wa watch uh, where they went to the future or back to the Sioux or anything like that. You can literally just watch the original, I think, five seasons, and you're pretty much there. And they nailed, for the most part, I don't think they really dropped the ball anywhere. But I personally would say that's probably the... Best way to kind of go if you're looking for a cartoon. I mean, you can if you're like, hey, I want to show my kids Ninja Turtles, but you don't want to show them like four kids. You can clearly show them the '80s Ninja Turtles or even the now Nickelodeon CGI stuff. And I don't think they're really going to pay much difference at that point. They're pretty much the same in certain aspects. All right. Try to think. There's anything else I've missed. And if there's anything else I should really talk about in regards to Ninja Turtles before I kind of close it out. Mm. Yeah, no, I mean, there's always the video games, but at this point, you've probably played the video games, and I can make arguments of which one's the best. Personally, for me, I'm going to say the arcade Ninja Turtles 2, the arcade edition. 
still probably the best. And somebody will argue Turtles in Time, or they can ar argue uh, TMNT Battle Nexus. You can make a bunch of references there, but yeah, they're it's really just subjective to what really you're looking for in your TMNT fandom. And there's plenty of toys out there. Now, I will say the Ninja Turtle toys are going to be tough to get in regards to that. This is just kind of addition because realistically, really not a lot I can throw to you guys without like spoiling stuff for the main 2011 series. But, you know, you've got the original 90s Turtles, you've got the original 80s Ninja Turtles, you've got Turtles and Times figures. You apparently now have, for people who want to repress the memory, especially myself, remember the uh, Ninja Turtles rock concert figures? Or figure, or this rock concert they tried to pull off in the 90s. With everyone, like, the turtles looking, like, super creepy, but they playing music. So, apparently, NECA made those toys of those fig uh, toys, or, I guess, figures of those costumes. So, get that, that really interests you. <laughs> I mean, I don't know why you would at this point, because those figures look creepy. But hey, I guess everybody's got something that they find nostalgic out of like 90s and whatever. <laughs> Gosh, I can't, I, mm, yeah, when I think about that, I think that's nightmare fuel to me at least. So, yeah, I'm going to close this one up. It's another short one, just like the Old Man Logan uh, podcast. So, you guys are probably more than likely going to get a couple extra this week. So, I figured just my way of kind of making up on stuff. So in case you're like, hey, you didn't you know, give us independence or hey, some of the you know, some of the topics I, I wish that you gave me more variety this week instead of doing the variety podcast and Batman Beyond and then the Hulk and all that stuff. Yeah, I'll do it. I'll I'll make up for it. Because I gotta do a couple other things. So uh yeah, with that being said, thanks again for listening and uh yeah, you guys have a great day. Later.